Um, for one reason, I, I'm not reading real well. I'm kind of in a, in a little fog. And that's due to the fact that uh, starting late yesterday afternoon, I got the hiccups and I just couldn't get rid of them. Have, have any of you ever had a siege of just hiccups? I mean, it went on for an hour, hour and a half, then it stopped for 20 or 30 minutes. I did everything. I drank all the water I could get my hands on. And, and you know, you're supposed to, if you can drink the water, you upside down and you drink it this way. I tried that. I breathed into a sack. Um, then I heard of another one. You, if you think of five bald-headed men, that will make it go away. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? Have you? Well, doesn't work, uh, let me tell you. I thought of 10 or 15, but none of them came to my rescue. And um, so I finally went to sleep a little bit, uh, and then about 12 o'clock, wake up. To make a long story short, about 12.30, I called the doctor. He said, go to the emergency room. Went to the emergency room. They gave me a shot. Stayed there until about, uh, they wanted to check the reaction, that sort of thing. Stayed there until nearly 3, 3.30 this morning. And I went home, and uh, and the hiccups were stopped. But uh, it's it's kind of hard for me to to well, it's hard for me to read. To tell you the truth, it was a little blurry. So I want to uh, I want to change what I'd uh, planned to preach on this morning and just share with you out of something that I don't need to read that I know well and that will help me. And it helped me last night because. Um, they're in the emergency room, you know, the other people brought, and Saturday night in the emergency room is, is, uh, is major trauma time. As many of you know, um, some of you work there, um, probably some of you, maybe many of you at one time or another have been there either for yourself or for some member of your family. But there were all kinds of real emergencies going on around me. Mine was not uh, a, a real uh, emergency. It was uh, frustrating and kind of frantic at times, but uh, a person was brought in just on the curtain, uh, on the other side of the curtain that separated the two little areas there, uh, who was having a serious heart attack. And uh, I started doing just instinctively what I have done, I suppose, hundreds of times in my life in a time of uh, distress or concern, a time of... Uh, the need for reassurance in my own life, in my own spirit. Sometimes in very serious circumstances in a hospital or there with someone in the hospital. And I just started quoting over and over to myself those 119 words of the 23rd Psalm. And I did that last night. I did that this morning. And I was sitting up here thinking and praying, God, what do you want me to do? And to say, and I thought, well, I'll just tell you where I am and what I'm feeling and what my own needs have been over the last few hours and how the words of this powerful, comforting, reassuring, loving psalm have helped me and will help you and I'm sure have helped many of you time and time and time again. David knew his emergency room times. David knew his mountaintops and he knew his valleys. David knew successes and he knew failures. David knew victories and he knew defeats. 
And out of all that mixture of life that was the life of David came these incredible words out of the uh, crucible of reality came these 119 words. Let me share them with you and then say a word or two about them. In case somebody here today's spirit may be in an emergency room. Maybe uh, your finances are in an emergency room. Maybe your self-esteem been hurt, badly hurt, and it's in a spiritual emergency room. Maybe that's why you're here this morning. You see, this is God's great emergency With a lot of people around, none of them perfect, but all of them caring, who want to help. And are helping by praying. And are helping by praising God together with one another in song. Maybe it's the emergency room of a family tension of one kind or another. Need some uh, special emergency care. Trauma time in your life. It comes into all of our lives, sometimes physically, maybe more often emotionally and spiritually. But whatever the circumstances, God, the great physician, is there to meet us. And one of the messages he gives, one of the spiritual injections he provides, is a marvelous combination of ingredients combined in the shepherd's psalm, or the 23rd psalm. So let it speak to your heart. Comfort your heart. Heal your heart. For the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are many reasons I love this psalm and many reasons you love it. One is, for me, one reason is its, its positiveness. It is so powerfully positive. David does not pray, O oh Lord, be my shepherd, how permissible that would be. He declares, declares it. He sounds it. He affirms it. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It begins with a shout of affirmation. 
And so let me, if you have come here today saying, Oh Lord, be my shepherd, drop out the O and just exclaim, The Lord is my shepherd. He is with me. He will guide me. He will comfort me. He will sustain me. He will strengthen me. He will bring me through whatever the circumstances may be that I am in. He will bring me through them into the sunshine of his eternal promise and ultimately into the light of his eternal home. The Lord is my shepherd. I love that word is. Present tense. The Lord is my shepherd. Not the Lord has been, though he has. Not the Lord will be, though he will. It's present tense. I know sometimes all of us as Christians have a tendency when reading the Bible to think, oh, wasn't it wonderful back there in those days when God was so marvelously at work and it was so evident. It was no more evident to them at that time than it is to us now. But in retrospect, we can see it more clearly. And sometimes we feel that God did do great things in the yesterdays and he's going to do great things in the tomorrows, but he's absentee now. He is not present now. He is not with us now. Listen to this psalm. Listen to this word. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes, I have been with you in your yesterdays. Yes, I will be with you in all of your tomorrows. But listen, I am with you in your traumas of today. The Lord is present tense. And he is present in this room this morning. For he has promised to be. Wherever two or three are gathered together, wherever two or three hundred or more are gathered together, he said, I am in the midst of them. So the Lord is today. And he is here. And he is here for you. He is here to heal, to help, to restore hope, to forgive. The Lord is my shepherd. You're familiar with this psalm, as I'm sure most of you are. It begins, it begins in the sunshine. It begins in good days, happy days, picnic days, celebration days, birthdays. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in good paths, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Why? We're out hiking. We're out laying down beside the bubbling brook. We're out there beside the still waters. We're out there in the green pastures. We don't need anything. It's all there. Everything is wonderful, marvelous. I don't want for anything. And God does give us such good times, wonderful times, picnic times. And we need to accept those as a gift from him. The good days, the positive days, the sunshine days. God is in them. God is a part of them. And God wants us as his people 
to enjoy them. We have our picnic days. God brings the picnic basket. God brings the blessings. God brings the sunshine. But he's not just a God of the sunshine. He's not just a God of the fair weather days. He's the God of the dark days. And he is the Lord of the shadows as well. For suddenly from the picnic, we go to pathos. From the mountaintop to the valley. From sunshine to sadness. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You've heard it said, you have read it, you may have heard it from me, but it is so imperative that we all hear it in our hearts, wherever it comes from, whatever the source, the ultimate source is God, and the primary destination is your heart and mine. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I spent some hours in the valley of the shadow of literal death, physical death, last night. But you don't have to go to the emergency room to know that, do you? It's all around us. I didn't get to read the morning paper today. I don't know what the major news story in America will be today, but I venture to say one of the major news stories in America today will be death somewhere to somebody. It may be in an automobile accident. It may be in a drive-by shooting. It may be in the streets of Bosnia, but it will be somewhere, and it will be one of the major stories in the news. It's inevitable. We live in the valley of the shadow of death. It's all about us. And that's where you and I are today. Not to be morbid about it, not to be masochistic, not to be depressing, but we live in the valley of the shadow of death. We're there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. A few salient points. Number one, God says we're going to go through the valley. Not just to it, but through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Whatever the valley you may be in today, whatever it might be, however deep, however dark, however impenetrable it may seem, God will bring you through. God will bring you through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not the valley of death. The valley of the shadow of death. And it's that shadow under which we live today. And under which we will always live until we go to be with the Lord ourselves. We are in and will be the rest of our days on this planet in the valley of the shadow of death. It will be about us everywhere. 
but it is but a shadow to those who are the followers of the good shepherd. It is Christ the Lord who has turned the valley of death into the valley of the shadow of death because, as the Scripture says, He has swallowed up death for us. He took our sin. He suffered our death. He walked through our valley so that we would never have to walk through it alone. You remember the old spiritual? He done walked that lonesome valley all by himself. And the reason that we know that he is with us is because he walked that valley all by himself so you and I would never have to walk it all by ourselves. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow. There can be no substance to a shadow. And you cannot have a shadow unless you first have a light. And it is the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who turns our dark valleys into shadows. For we will burst once again out into the sunlight of God's unhindered love and grace. And the important point of that verse is that God is with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Have you noticed the change of language? I know you have. Let me point it out again. Up until this point, the shepherd has been being described by the sheep. The sheep has been describing the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He does this, he does this, he does this, he does this. The sheep is describing the shepherd. But once they hit the valley, once the lights go out, once the fear comes, once the darkness begins to descend, we don't just talk about the shepherd. We talk to him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Not he is with me. That's objective. You are with me. That's personal. That's subjective. That's experiential. That's a promise. That's a presence. He is with you, and you can talk with him face to face in the valley. He does not desert us when we go into the valley. The valleys are not some punishment from God. The valleys are not the result of our sin or our wandering or our misbehavior. None of that. In fact, God led them into the valley. Not to punish them, but to restore a new and deeper relationship with himself. For in the valley, the sheep stops talking about him. It's not just Bible study time. As wonderful as that is, 
beside still waters and in green pastures. Wonderful to have Bible study time to talk about him, to learn about him, to think about him. How much better, how much better in the valley of the shadow to meet the author, to talk to the composer himself. Yes, you are with me. While your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The table being a little mesa, a little tabletop where the shepherd liked to graze his sheep because it offered some natural protection from predators and often provided some good grass. The sheep would lead, the shepherd would lead his sheep up on the top of this little table which is my, what I believe is the correct interpretation of this psalm, upon the, this little tabletop, and the shepherd would take his staff and he'd pull out of the ground the poisonous grass that grows in certain seasons of the year in Israel, and he would stack that grass then to the side, and he would watch for, look for, drive back any vipers, poisonous serpents, which, uh, unlike rattlesnakes, attack without provocation, and without warning. And he, he will go through in front of his sheep, leading his sheep, and he will prepare the tabletop. The Lord prepares a table before me. He goes before me preparing the table, removing the poisonous grass, rem removing the poisonous serpents. He prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Poisonous grass is out there. Poisonous serpents are over there. But as long as I follow the Good Shepherd, I graze on land prepared by Him. He prepares the table before me. You see, the Holy Land Shepherd's the only shepherd in the world who leads his sheep. All the other shepherds of the world follow their sheep. But the Holy Land Shepherd leads his sheep. They never ask their sheep to go anywhere they've not already been. And Jesus is your good shepherd. He'll not ask you to go anywhere that he's not already been. And when you get there, he'll be with you. Preparing the table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil, which the shepherd would do every day. He'd anoint the head of every one of those little sheep with oil, just a drop or two. Why? To, because oil offers a protective coating to help protect the sheep during the hot midday sun from sunstroke. And also because of the healing qualities within oil, the sheep grazing nick themselves, scratch themselves on rocks or on rough ground. And when they do, the oil has a healing quality about it. He anoints our head with oil. He, he protects us and he heals us. That's what the oil does for the sheep. That's what the oil of the Holy Spirit does for us. He seals us, the scripture says. We are sealed unto the day of redemption. He protects. 
protects and he heals. He anoints our head with oil, our cup runs over, and surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And that's why we're here today. You and I are really here because God's goodness and grace has followed us all the days of our lives. You say, oh, Buckner, you don't know all the troubles I've been through. Well, just look around. Everybody in here has some valleys. Not a person in this room who doesn't have some valley time, some shadow time, some sad time. But I venture to say that nearly all and someday all will as they get more perspective, as they look back upon that shadow time and that valley time, that they will say that in that experience and through that experience, they came to see something of the love and the grace and the providence of God that they had never seen or known before. God was with you. You talked with him face to face. And he reassured you of his eternal and undying love. He has brought you through. And you and I are here today because the goodness and the mercy of the Lord has followed us all the days of our life. Well, he's been with us up till now. He'll be with us through the rest of the journey. And when we've finished this journey, we will move into the Father's house forever and ever. Goodness and mercy are back there. You may not see them, but they're there following you, following you all the days of your life. And listen, you and I and we and all of us will someday dwell together in the house of the Lord forever. Whatever the circumstance may be in your heart and in your life this morning, whether it's an extra good time or an extra stressful time, God is sufficient for all these things. Our God is able. I urge you to trust Him, therefore, to accept Him if you've never done so. To say, yes, I want to know him. I know in my heart that I believe. I want now to confess with my life and with my mouth the Lord Jesus. Because I do believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, as Paul said. And so I will be here to greet you and to welcome you as you come to accept Christ as your Savior. Or as you come to recommit your life and heart to him. Or as you come to be a part of the life and fellowship of this church. If God is impressing you, if God is leading you to be a part of this fellowship, he wants you here for your good and for his glory. And so if you have any impression inside this morning that the Spirit of God is leading you to make a decision, I'll be right here to share it with you, to pray with you and to encourage you and welcome you into a wonderful, loving family of faith.